Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to DraftKings Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo and Golik with Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr., Jesse Cofield, and Joe. What are you doing? The peace sign thing? Not for you, 12? Well, maybe. Are you? What did you do this morning? Didn't do anything. You seem like you got a little more, a little oh. more zip. Did you put something special in the coffee? What's going on? We're on four cups of coffee, and the fourth cup has a little vodka in it. Not gonna lie. Okay, so this is gonna be that kind of day. Michael Oluk Jr., Michael Oluk Sr., Jesse Cofield, hanging out in the Boston studios. We got a great show for you guys. As always, we are brought to you by Wrangler, made for the ride of life. Save fifteen percent on your first Wrangler.com order with promo code Gojo fifteen. Excited to talk to later on in the show, Andrew Whitworth, former NFL offensive line great, now part of the crew breaking down Thursday night football on Prime. Still stunned. He golfed in that Tahoe event as well. We golfed yeah. What a good golfer he is. You don't usually see that out of old lineman. He's a single-digit handicap. Yeah, he's, stop doubting our population. No, he, I was great things. stunned. He's ridiculous he fantastic. Really, really is. Very impressive. Yeah, and a great analyst. So yes. we're excited to talk to him. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review, five-star rating, DraftKings YouTube, DraftKingsNetwork.com, Samsung TV Plus, from 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, live. And when you stop by on Wednesdays, what do you usually get? She is back, folks. Uh, our dear, sweet friend, Charlotte Wilder, co-host of Oddball with Amin El Hassan. Uh, Charlotte, how you doing, buddy? Good to see you. I'm phenomenal. I really like uh, be having a very famous football player turned analyst announced before me, and it's like, and Charlotte Wilder. And I'm like, Ta-da. Oh, no, Charlotte, well, you're I tops mean, in our Yeah, list. I was going to say, on. we're saving the best for last. Yeah. That's how you do those things here. It's like well, the drum you. roll and then you. Thank you so much. I I have, yes, Andrew Whitworth and I have both put a, a lot of time at – a lot of time in on the field, guys. So, <laughs> how we doing? Charlotte, how we doing your, over you there? You put your hand in the pile. Yeah. I think both of you have probably at some point hugged Travis Kelsey. So, you've got that yeah. in common, too. Like, okay. think about it. You didn't have to beat your body up for over a decade right. to get the same access to star athlete Travis Kelsey as Andrew Whitworth did. So, who's the real genius here? It's probably you. Wow. It, you, you're really making me think, Mike. You're really making me think. Uh, that's the whole goal of this show. Hopefully, <laughs> sometimes, eventually here. Um, and we've got a lot to get to over the course of the day. Um, but Charlotte, this is your first time joining us uh, for the week here. We're coming off yet another NFL weekend. I'm curious for you as we kind of go into the bag of tricks here. What stuck out to you? What wouldn't jarred you loose over this weekend here as you've gone back into the world after wedding life? Your wife guy now, all back into the mix here. Were you able to sit down and enjoy seven hours with Scott Hansen this weekend? How'd it go? Yeah. And, you know, Scott makes me feel so safe. Um, He (laughs) makes me feel like when he says, like, at one point he said, don't worry. You know, we're watching the Chargers game for you. Nothing happening over there. You don't have to. We're we're not going to let you miss anything. And I just felt I felt like cradled in the arms of someone Cause you know, especially if you're if you're sort of type A or neurotic or you know whatever you want to call whatever it is, most of us are. Um, you're sort of like, well, but what about the Chargers game? You're like, you know, I I don't know. I feel like maybe we're missing something. Like, what if something's going on? And Scott's like, before you can even say it out loud, he's like, you know what? We've got you. They're in a commercial break, and it just felt so nice. It just felt so nice. But uh, yeah, I did. I also told my husband that I called myself a wife guy, and he was like, huh? He's like. interesting and i was like well you know um football however um i think 
the thing that I can't stop thinking about, obviously the Patriots, which, you know, yeah. that's yeah. It's, How are you feeling? Bro? Yeah. Yeah. Therapy. Yeah. You know, it just sucks. In. It, it, it used to be, it used to be so much fun being a Patriots fan. Like it was stupid how fun it was. It was like, it was like a miracle would happen every week and you expected it. And now I'm like, oh, wh- is this what being an NFL fan is like for most people? Like, is this is this misery and disappointment and disillusion like what people are used to? And I hope that anybody who hates the Patriots gets some amount of joy from me saying that. But like, holy cannoli, what are we doing in Foxborough? You know what? It's actually interesting. I had this thought yesterday. I was riding back. Uh, we're out in South Bend, me and dad, and I was riding back from campus and everyone around here is getting ready for the Notre Dame, Ohio State game. And all of a sudden there's all these expectations, right? We've talked about this with a couple of different teams where, oh, you know, the Detroit Lions, we've asked them, how is it dealing with expectations now going into this season? And I've realized that I think for most sports fans, we're looking for that comfort where, all right, we get into a rhythm and things are either really good for a long time or really bad for a long time, but you get used to it. And I feel like every once in a while to maintain your role as a sports fan, you got to get far enough to one of the extremes to feel something again. Like Charlotte, you guys had so good for so long, yeah. and now you're kind of not bottoming out, but you're seeing how the other half lives again in a way that's a reminder, whereas this weekend I'm getting ready to hurt again. Like for a while I've arrived at this comfortable place where, oh, you know what, Notre Dame football might lose a few big games every now and then, but we're going to be better than most teams most of the time. And now this weekend I'm starting to feel it bubble up in my gut where I'm ready to believe Notre Dame can win this game against Ohio State. And if it goes sideways, it's really going to hurt me. And I do feel like that's a thing you need every once in a while as a fan to make sure you're still alive, to make sure it still matters. God knows you don't handle it well. You'll be out in Oregon getting ready. You know, you'll have called the Oregon-Colorado game. So I feel bad for that hotel room should things not go well for the Irish. Charlotte, I want to ask you and Jesse, as fans, not as talking heads like we all are of, what is this doing to Bill Belichick's legacy if he's not going to get to the playoffs, let alone to a Super Bowl, after he and Tom Brady split? As a fan, Jesse, let me start with you. Just as a fan, is anything in your eyes tainting Bill Belichick's legacy? He's going to be a Hall of Famer, but is his legacy getting tainted at all if he's not getting to the playoffs or Super Bowls? Yes, because it just – the whole conversation – where it's like the annoying conversation where everyone's like, is MJ better than LeBron? Is LeBron better than MJ? The conversation we keep going back to was, was it Bill Belichick or Tom Brady? And since Tom Brady left, the Patriots have not been good. And we've been talking about rebuilding and blah, blah, blah. And now it's starting to look more and more like Tom Brady was the secret sauce in this relationship and was the one, you know, he left and obviously he had a lot of weapons in Tampa Bay, but he left and won another Super Bowl. He sort of cemented his own legacy as like, I can go somewhere else and still get this done. Belichick has not proven that he can get it done without Tom Brady. You know what is interesting, Charlotte? Is that is that kind of the same way that you feel about this? Is that the general tenor around New England fans? I think so. I think for me, I, I think it definitely is because you know you. It's very simple, as Jesse put it. It's like, has he, who who has done this without the other one? And there's a very clear answer. But I also think that these sorts of things, there's so many factors. There's so many factors that go into it, and you you don't. You don't ever really know why anything happened, and it, it can feel reductive to start being like, well, Belichick's clearly a bad coach. It's like, well, their styles work together, and then Brady, you could say maybe then Brady's a better player than Belichick is a coach, but like, it's it's a little bit apples to oranges, but yeah, as a fan, yeah, you're like, oh, cool, Brady leaves, and now this guy just completely falls apart. So it's like there's the there's the nuance brain and then there's the lizard fan brain. (laughs) (laughs) Lizard fan brain comes for us all eventually. I I will say the one thing that's interesting in hearing us talk about this and someone else brought this name up and and I never think uh, in my mind at least of questioning this name. And I don't think most anybody does, especially because of the makeup of this organization. But outside of the top end success here. 
how much is different in the Brady Belichick relationship than like Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger? Where now when we talk about, I look at the Patriots and the Steelers and the way that we talk about both teams. And I think I said on Monday, it feels more focused on the floor than it is on the ceiling. Like we know both sides are always going to bring a lethally coached defense overall incredibly well coached team. But since the departure of the hall of fame quarterback, the expectation for the top end has been a little bit harder to couch. And you wonder for both, like, are the best days behind because finding a Hall of Fame quarterback's hard yeah. and even the best coach would admit, hey, I look a lot better when we've got the right players and good players on there. That's the thing. I don't think it's discounting coaching here and saying, oh, these guys are bad coaches now. I think in both cases, it's more an admittance that, hey, man, you had a special thing for a really long time and most NFL franchises can't dream of the luxury that you had there for so long and making that transition after is the most difficult thing in sports. Well, this was always talked about in the NBA, right? About the great coaches, but look at the players that they had. They would have multiple great players. You know, Phil Jackson goes from Pippen and MJ then out to, to the Lakers with sure. Shaq and Kobe. And, and and I remember I would hear people say, well, if you really want to prove you're a great coach, leave the great team and go to a bad team and build it up. No, no, that's not how it works. You know, I'm a coach and I try and surround myself with great players and win championships. That's what you do. So th that that's what happens with most coaches. You, 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 the list of coaches that have won championships in sports without multiple great players is small, right? And in this day and age, it, it would be even smaller because you, had, especially in basketball, where you have more and more great players on a team. So, But, but in football, it's the same case. I mean, post-free agency, it's supposed to be impossible to do this over a long period of that's time why for Bill, team. That's why Bill is held in such high regard because the receipts in the NFL are him holding up his, in, having to hold up two hands for Super Bowl rings. But when the other guy, you know, who's holding up as many rings as you leaves and you can't even get back to the playoffs, that's going to sting a little bit. I mean, it's almost, are we going to start, how much time do we give it for Nick Saban, who again is going to go down as one of the greatest, if not greatest college coaches of all time. But my God, if he's out of the top 10 for any kind of time, what is that going to do to someone who we've always seen in the top three? I think they're different types of coaches too though you know there's some coaches who who thrive on bringing up young talent who thrive on having guys that they can call quote their own um and then mold that into their style of play i mean i think something fascinating another game that i actually can't stop thinking about well there are two they're the Bengals because i'm like worried i'm a little bit of Bengals fan now how invested i am in joe burrow and just how you know i i think Three years ago, I wrote an article called Protect Joe Burrow. And every time I watch a Bengals game, I'm like, oh, my God, protect Joe Burrow. What are we doing? But the the other one that I that sort of came as a surprise that I keep thinking about um, after watching it was the Panthers game was Bryce Young, because that game was awful. Like you get to the fourth quarter and all these fans are leaving. And then suddenly with a minute 48 left to go, Bryce turns it on. And they narrowed the score to, what, 17 to 20? I mean, also, yep. the whole thing was just ugly. But it was so exciting to see a glimpse of – it is so hard to come into the NFL as a rookie, as a rookie quarterback, expected to lead a team. I couldn't lead anything in my early 20s. I could, like, barely lead myself to my job. <laughs> so the fact that you see a guy like Bryce Young show these glimpses of um, really keeping it together under pressure, even though they lost – that is exciting to me. And so to see the difference between that for an 0-2 team and then the Patriots, um, I don't have the same feeling about the Patriots. You know, I'm also like, oh, cool, Mac, you know, he, they, they almost did it, like one trick play and ref, you know, bad, good call away from whatever. But I don't have the same feeling about it, even though these are two Alabama guys that maybe – I don't know. Maybe there's hope for the Pats, but the the Panthers I keep sort of coming back to also in, in juxtaposition. Yeah, Bryce Young was interesting, and, and I I saw finally laid bare on a chart this morning. Someone put out one of those fine scatter charts from oh, True Media yeah. that shows uh, a stat for quarterbacks: the percentage of throws to open windows. So usually different places define that different ways. How many yards of separation the receiver has from the defender and then that quarterback's accuracy on throws to open windows. And so being all the way to the right means, Hey, you're throwing to a lot of open windows. That's really great. Being all the way to the left means that you are having a really bad time and your receivers aren't getting open for you. 
The only person throwing to fewer open windows than Bryce Young is Derek Carr in New Orleans. Bryce Young is throwing to the second fewest open windows in the NFL as a rookie on a team that's supposed to be pretty bad. And so, yeah, Charlotte, I do end up feeling for him a lot because we look around. C.J. Stroud had a phenomenal weekend this past weekend and I believe is the fourth most passing yards in the NFL right now of anybody, not of a rookie. Of anybody, that's how good that he's looked with guys like Robert Woods and Tank and uh, Tank Dell being able to go out there and do their thing for him. And you look at Anthony Richardson and the scheme that Shane Steichen and company have devised around him, on and on down the list. And then we keep going back to Bryce, who looks like he is going to be having to walk uphill both ways through a mile of snow to get to school. Well, I tell you what, I, I'm looking at at your chart, and while that isn't shocking because he's a rookie, what is shocking is Derek Carr. I mean, Derek Carr, the worst at this, he's got Chris Olave and Mike Thomas back. No uh, no, um, Kamara just yet, and Jamal Williams got hurt, so they're they're kind of manufacturing in the backfield. But that's still kind of surprising to me, Charlotte. That's what I took away from that conversation. Derek Carr, with some of the weapons he has, is the worst at this. That that really kind of stuns me, and they're they're 2-0. Derek Carr is one of the weirdest football players for me in terms of what is this guy? Like I don't get Derek Carr, like Derek Carr in general. I'm like, is he good? I think he might be good, but then his teams fall apart or he gets unlucky or he's also like says weird stuff. Also, he is like amazing eyelashes. So I don't know. I I don't know. I There's just a lot going on there. And I would love it if someone could like explain Derek Carr's deal to me because I have not understood it for a long time now. Is Derek Carr Kirk Cousins Wario? Yes. Like that's. <laughs> oh my God, yes. Because like both of them seem like really good dudes, both of them incredibly yeah. faith-based guys. Kirk Cousins has definitely had the better career, I think statistically overall and financially, what he's been able to do, uh, reaping the benefits of the franchise tag at the bank. Um, and probably seems like in a generally cheerier mood. We had him on the other day. He's extremely pleasant. So maybe that's it. Maybe he's like the inverse of Kirk Cousins there as far as quarterbacks who aren't like a personality or maybe like a physical trait that necessarily jumps off the page to you, but been good for a really long time. I once asked Kirk Cousins uh, if he actually liked Creed. Um, You know how he, like years ago, he was playing Creed in the – Washington locker room and everyone was and some a player tweeted about it and everyone was like wait what like earnestly and um yes I think he does actually like Creed so I would like to know it, it you, you say that Derek Carr is Kirk Cousins Wario what if Derek Carr's Kirk is the nickelback to Kirk Cousins Creed oh Ooh. wow Man, is what I, mean, I pose to you, gentlemen and Jesse. I mean, wow. My mind's Both in a pretzel. Sound... I don't even like trying well, Je- to... uh, First off, I want a straw poll of the room. Everyone's opinions. Jesse, are you pro Nickelback and Creed? <sighs> I feel like the popular thing is to say no. Um, but they have Let's some bangers. What's... You can't. There you go. You can't. Yeah. I have, a, yes. I, have, I have a fun fact. Uh, Nickelback was one of the first CDs I ever bought. So I thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say that you danced to Nickelback at your wedding. Oh, oh. no! <laughs> could you could you imagine Char- Charlotte God. and her husband going yes. out there for like their first their first dance, like Mike. out by a beautiful dock or something, and all you hear is "Never made it as a blind man." Yeah. Mike, everybody, <laughs> but it is a poor man stealing. I I am flattered. You think people would be surprised by that? But everybody <laughs> listening is like, yeah, obviously she did that. I didn't, for what it's worth. Um, but I do actually think that they are criminally underrated and maybe, maybe you could say the same about Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins, or maybe it really is sort of face value here for both. Well, I mean, I I think it was, it became popular, right? To pile on Nickelback, right? I mean, people were almost afraid to publicly admit they liked them, even if they did. For sure. Like Jesse, what you just said, I, I have to admit, I liked them. I liked them and I've always admitted I liked them, but it seemed like people were afraid to admit it. Is, and to Charlotte's point, is that the same for Derek Carr and, 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 and Kirk Cousins? I think we've come full circle a little. I think it might be a little cool. To, well, I don't know. It's but. cool to like Kirk. Yeah, it's definitely. I, well, I feel like coming off the quarterback documentary, yes, it's definitely become one of those things where I think once people saw the work ethic and the family stuff, there were a lot of people that came away from that documentary really liking Kirk Cousins. So And the flip-flops. 
the flip-flops, you know, the Kohl's cash outlet outfits, yeah. his wife dressing him. That was all stuff that seemed to go over generally pretty well. And, and, and basically, I just looked up, Kirk's been in the league 11, uh, Derek 9, uh, 9 years. And basically, their stats are, are pretty much the same. You know, no one has no one has really overtaken. Kirk's are a little better because he's played a couple of more sure. years, but nothing nothing crazy. So they are the nickelback of the NFL. This is and how Creed. you remind me of when <laughs> I really oh, passed. Oh my God! All right. Uh, well, now that we've now that we've fully reestablished the dominance of Nickelback, coming up next, we will look at some teams reeling off of Week One and some big decisions to be made for one franchise next year on Gojo and Golik. Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate. That's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Charlotte Wilder is here for Wilder Wednesdays. Guys, we have some breaking news, okay? On 94 WIP Sports Radio in Philly, Jason Kelsey went on the air and said his brother, Travis Kelsey, and Taylor Swift are a thing. We have the sound. By the way, how they doing? How, do, how those two doing? How those love? No, that's all right. Hey. You know, everything, know. everything you say gets quoted on these days. You know that, right? I know. I get it. And that's the way the world works. And um, got, Tony kind of blindsided me with that question on Thursday night. And I, uh, you know, I don't know. It's, 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 it's hard to answer because I don't really know a lot about what's happening in Travis's love life. And I try to, like, keep... Uh, you know, you know his business, kind of his business, sure. and stay out of that world. Uh, you know, but having said that, man, I I I think he's doing great, and I think it's all 100 percent true. And I hope that this soon goes a mile. No, I'm joking. I don't really know what's happening. So. <laughs> oh my god! I, the the reaction of you three kids. Man. Yes, I'll call you kids. To this news is it was is hilarious behind the scenes. When you got found this out before we came back, just the giddiness of the three of you was hilarious. Like, what? Like to okay, first of all, to <laughs> to give us this, like we are being given they are saying Jason Kelsey is telling us that this is true. Like that this I uh, <laughs> It's like finding Seth. It's like finding out Santa Claus is real. Which kids? Yeah. He absolutely. Yeah, he is. is. He is. Yes. He is. Right. Real. To get it to get it confirmed, because you always gotta like beat around <clears throat> that bush with your parents. No, we just heard it straight from. Now I will say, really interesting calculation here Weird by Jason verbiage. Kelsey to not do this on New Heights. Yes. Now yes. maybe it's because, and Dad, you <laughs> suppose this. Maybe Travis doesn't really want to talk about, which I wouldn't blame him. This for Travis Kelsey has to be like in a movie in like Jurassic Park when they're in the car and it's drive to the edge of the cliff and it's dangling over the edge and no one's moving because they don't want it to tip over the edge. I have to imagine Travis Kelsey for as cool as he is and as big a personality is as Charlotte's dear friend that even in this situation, he realizes he's in the deep end of the pool right now, Charlotte. I also don't ever want to count out Taylor Allison Swift's public relations team led by the one and only Tree, Tree Payne. Payne. Yes, a woman whose name is Tree. Um, 
they sort of have an iron grip on the general media. And I have a feeling that anybody who is involved with Taylor probably gets a little bit of a briefing like, hey, do whatever you want. Here's how it usually goes for people who talk too much about what's mm. going on here. And maybe this is, I mean, I have, she, she Taylor said, she told us herself, she's a mastermind. Like there's, there's always, there's always something going on in terms of how we are given information. So for Jason to be saying this makes me think, okay, there's something to be had here by both Taylor and Travis uh, in announcing this relationship. No. Um, it, it, truly though like it's all it's so when you're when you're someone taylor swift isn't even like a person anymore she's a person and then there's the the overarching brand myth sort of entity she's an entity it's exactly the word i was yes, going to say she, it's, it's she's the old jay-z line i'm do, not a businessman i'm a business do, do man. we do we yeah. think though travis kelsey is going to play by those rules Yes, I mean Travis Kelsey. Yeah, because is, it's that, his that, own. It's for his own good. They're the like balance hey, man. of power here is like Taylor Swift, oh, yeah. Travis Kelsey. Listen, I, I get it, but all of a sudden, do we think Travis Kelsey is going to succumb to this and all of a sudden be a little less outgoing and a little more meek? I mean, Travis he's Kelsey. Never, he's never really given us that much. Like even no. his, even his a shot. What, what was it? A shot at love? Is that what his well, dating? Well, uh, catching the, the show tequila? didn't do too well, so I know I can understand why he didn't really talk about it. Well, I, I think to sorry, yeah. go ahead, Mike. No, I was going to say I think you're absolutely right. Charlotte is post catching Kelsey, especially where I think he is. went Icarus and flew too close to the sun. He's realized I'd rather keep this part of my life. Like we don't hear a lot about Travis's dating life. We hear more about the football. We see him screaming. You got to fight for your right for party and do all that fun stuff on the stage. But when it comes to this portion of his life, it feels like this is kind of status quo for him. Something he did say recently, though, on Kristen Cavallari's podcast was that it takes him a while to really trust someone or to really jump into someone. He like went long on talking about what a relationship means to him and how it you can't just dive right into something, which I think is, you know, for that to come out yesterday and then for Jason to say that today, like you kind of have to take those things together as like, OK, is this. Is this a fun thing for them? Is Travis trying to send a message to Taylor that like, hey, if we put our time in, this could work? Or is it sort of like, oh, I'm a little scared. Like, it's a very interesting and I don't think accidental PR uh, sandwich or, or open face sandwich we've got going here. The, 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 Jesse, the one thing I would say is it's cannot be a normal relationship, right? I mean, there, there's no way this can be normal. Well, absolutely normal not. Though? There is no normal for famous people. But my question right. is, so obviously Jason wasn't told that he can't say anything or else he would have right, said right. no comment. I'm not going to comment right. on that. And if it's not true, I would think at this point one of them would have been like these rumors are coming out of nowhere. You know, they're not true because you also don't want to poke the PR beast of like they have nothing to do with each other. And they're kind of like fanning the flames here. But but it was a weird answer. He was like, I don't know much about his love life, but, you know, I think it's all tr true and I hope it goes well for them. So I'm just wondering what they sat him down and told Jason Kelsey. They're like, well, you don't have to deny it, but you shouldn't explicitly confirm it, but you should make yeah. sure it seems like nobody told you anything. Don't be giddy about it. This this is also peak O-line brain. Like, Dad, you and I watched the Kelsey documentary last night on, on Amazon, yeah, which was, was awesome. Phenomenal. And the one thing you come away with, and it was really driven home by one moment in particular about the kind of person Jason Kelsey is. When he gets up and is addressing the team before the Super Bowl. It's the night before the Super Bowl. They've got cameras in this team meeting. They're in a ballroom where you're playing football, you're on the road in these hotels. A lot of times they rent out the ballrooms and those have turned into your meeting rooms. They bring in a bunch of chairs, overhead projector, all that stuff, but you're inside. It's carpeted floors. You do walkthroughs in there, yada, yada. And Jason Kelsey is working himself into a fervor before this. And he's a crier. The one thing yeah. you come away from this documentary, he's a crier, big emotional guy. And he's getting worked up talking about how when he gets to moments like this, he thinks about everything it took to get here and the road he traveled here and talked about how much he respects all his teammates and the road they've traveled there. And in the middle of getting choked up, 
Jason just hawks the biggest loogie and spits right on the floor yeah, right inside the, the carpet in the ball. And, and, and no one flinched. <laughs> Nobody flinched. Not, Not one person flinched. It was it was one of the great things. I yeah. mean, me, my dad, and my brother, having oh. been in like a bunch of those yeah. meeting rooms in college and, and dad in the NFL that. and me being a spitter, like him just spitting on the floor and not a single person flinching because I'm sure he does that every week is a reminder that Jason Kelsey is peak offensive line, meaning he is a little bit gross and neurotic. He is incredibly loyal and he overthinks everything, which means whatever they told him, he is going to worry more about how to execute that to the umpteenth degree than any other person you could have told that information to. So yes, I'm sure he was brief. And in Jason, he's going over in his mind over and over again. All right, well, how do I have to execute this? Who can I tell him? When can I tell? How do I get this information out here the so, right way? So I can't do it now because the segment's going to be over. But I, I have it, and it's for you three. I have other power couples, and I want you guys to, to, to tell everybody, do you think this is a bigger power couple than the power couples that I have listed here? Because this is what we're talking about, right? Listen, And when I say power couples, both have to be. It can't be one star and one person that nobody knew until that person married them. It has yeah, to it be can't two be stars. It can't be Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn. I was going to say, oh, Mike, great I was going to say it, too. No, I great wasn't because I don't know who the hell that is. So. Yeah, exactly. you sure don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess no that made the point. And, huh? no, and no one else will ever. All right, I got power couples for you guys at some point. Okay, we're ready. All right, perfect. We'll have power couples uh, from my father in honor of the news. Apparently, uh, WIP Sports Radio in Philadelphia, Jason Kelsey more or less confirming that Travis Kelsey yeah. and Taylor Swift are dating. Yeah. Who's to say? Who uh, will know? Uh, but I mean, hopefully us and hopefully everybody now as we wait to hear more of this. We'll see Can't if, wait for the song that's going to come out about him I at mean, some point. You know what? We've got Andrew Whitworth coming up in a little bit who was on that Thursday night desk. We can ask him to see if Jason maybe gave up more goods to the rest Ooh. of the Thursday night crew yeah. for crime about what went on in this situation. we got to dig for this. we got to dig for this a little bit. You know what? The only person in sports that can match this star power is Deion Sanders. So coming up next, let's parachute back in <laughs> on some fresh words from Prime. It's Kentucky Derby time. Are you ready for the greatest two minutes in sports? Saddle up with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Download DK Horse now to join the Run for the Roses action. New customers can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIC. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18-PLUS, 21-PLUS in certain states to open or access an account and a resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See terms at dkhorse.com. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wagers within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. People still cannot stop talking about the Colorado-Colorado State game. It set a record for viewership for a late-night game on ESPN with 9.3 million viewers, ESPN's fifth-most-watched regular season game over the network for any time slot, and it was not without drama. We saw that dirty hit on Travis Hunter going to result with him being out for three weeks, and you might expect him to be up in arms over the whole situation, but surprisingly, he's not. It's football though at the end of the day, stuff like that's gonna happen. So I just stay humble. I mean, hey, he did what he was supposed to do. It's football. Something bad's gonna happen on the field sooner or later. We just gotta get up and fight again. That's what I try to do. Get up and fight. Good thing the doctors stopped me because if there was no doctors there, I would have still been out there playing. Very level headed, cool response from him. You know who is up in arms, though, is Micah Parsons. He made that very clear. He had a little monologue here. Take a look. One thing that really did throw me off was that hit on Travis Hunter. Uh, that was so malicious and dirty. Uh, I thought that guy should have got ejected. Uh, that was something that you hate to see in football. Life is way bigger past football, but this, this right here is not okay. Travis Hunter, uh, you don't deserve that, brother. You, you way bigger than this moment. 
And the one thing I respect about Travis, he tried to get back and fight and get back in that game. And that tells you a lot about the competitor he is, who he wants to be, and where he's going in life. And Trav, keep balling, brother. You doing something that no one's seen at the college level to be the efficient and as good as you are both ways in college football. Yeah, you doing your thing, brother. Yeah, Micah was not... He was not happy about the hit. A lot of people weren't happy about the hit. Um, you know, obviously we all saw it, but Travis Hunter, very level-headed response about it. He said, that's just football. That's what happens. You get up and you go to the next play, basically. Well, the thing I, I have the biggest question about here, and, and for the podcast audience who listens to this later, Travis Hunter delivered this all on a Twitch, screen, a Twitch stream that he operates. Did it all while wearing a giraffe costume. Yeah, I want to know if that's a regular thing that he does all the time. Looking at the rest of the room, too. Man, NIL money has glowed up college living situations a lot more than when I was in school. That did not look like a dorm room, necessarily. I think there was a fully backlit picture or like mural of, of uh, Travis Hunter in the background of that. So... Uh, yeah, look, at we've got it pulled up here right now. So it's definitely a glamour shot of Travis Hunter in the background there. Really well-made bed. Yeah. And again, pillows on the bed, throw pillows. Although it does look like a twin, and I do feel like I see some cinder block if I'm not wrong. You, you might be right. Oh, really? I think I think Charlotte's right. And he's got like a he does have a clear plastic like Tupperware bin underneath his bed holding holding stuff. So think, we know yeah, there's not I a think. lot. Of oh, wow. OK, space. that is a little more college than I gave it credit for yeah. originally. Mm -hmm. What a healthy blend of styles there. I know. Yeah. Really well done. Again, I guess I just go back to I hope he <laughs> delivers all of his monologues on this Twitch stream in very like it's not quite furries but it's like animal costumes here <laughs> I, I like the look and he's obviously very comfortable in the look now as far as what micah parsons said about the hit listen the hit was late and the hit was dirty in all honesty mike uh henry blackburn could have hit him a lot worse yes he basically late threw a shoulder into him and hurt him he could have run through through him and destroyed him but he didn't doesn't mean it wasn't late. Doesn't mean it wasn't dirty. It was. And there are those out there that think the Minka Fitzpatrick hit on Nick Chubb was dirtier, saying that, that he went low and he should not have gone low, that Nick Chubb was being tackled and already going to the ground, and he shouldn't have gone low down at the knee on him. I, I disagree on that, but I heard more and more people saying that Minka Fitzpatrick hit was dirty as well. Yeah, I, I don't know if I, I agreed as much on the Minka Fitzpatrick one. There's the whole politics of where NFL defensive players are allowed to hit, now, to hit based nowadays, on a lot yeah. of the, the current rules that I think influences that. This one was no doubt dirty, yeah, but without doubt. the fact that Henry Blackburn and his family are now having to deal with death it's threats coming off that, it feels really weird that we have to keep reminding people, and we did this when the NCAA uh, officials were talking about receiving death threats to their families in their house, that you can absolutely look at this moment and agree that what Henry Blackburn did was wrong in the context of this game, was bad and love your football team without being a maniac and sending death threats to a kid and his family for what went on in this football game when the parties involved aren't even looking at this with that much. I mean, malice. who are you? Who are you that types that out and hit send? I mean, obviously, we, we can't sit there and say, hey, man, do it, do it face to face if you're going to do it. No one's going to admit they're they're giving a death threat to anybody. Say, yeah. publicly. Don't, so, don't do that face so, to face or in private. We, we get it. Don't but send death I mean, what people. kind of a loose loser do you have to be i mean an absolute loser in your life to sit there and make a death threat to a college kid in a well, football seen, game we've seen a lot of this recently in like alexander madison dealing with such yes. horrible horrible yeah. racist things that people sent him after the vikings lost i mean and and he wrote on his instagram story he he reshared some of them and he was like i just want you to know you know i'm not trying to um amplify these that uh, those weren't his exact words but He's like, I'm a human. I'm a father. I'm a son. Um, you know, it, it, it complete. He was like, what what is happening when when you have a, your humanity stripped of you? But this is something that we see happen to athletes all the time. This is something that even, you know, th there's always some sort of hubbub when it's like, oh, my God, so and so athlete takes photographs or like so and so likes to paint. And it's just like this inability of people to see them outside of the box on their screen and what they represent for that fan. And if you're an angry person looking for an excuse to really unleash some vitriol, whether it's that you're a racist piece of you know what, or you are a Colorado fan completely overcome by emotion, these are these are these feel like 
you know, I often say that sports are like a safe place to feel emotions for people who don't feel comfortable sure. feeling emotions. Um, and I think they're actually a very dangerous place for people to feel those emotions when they become so strong and channeled at actual people and their families. Well, and I think the difficult part, and this happens to people in our job too, where if you have a certain amount of distance between you and the product on the field or on the rink or on the court, and you don't often get back out there and get involved and get in the middle of that and see these real people, you can kind of forget that. You see it reflected in the way a lot of people in sports media will talk about players and athletes at certain times there because they don't have that frame of reference of getting to talk to them about their family life out there. I think that's why you see so many people in the media often more sympathetic to player causes than most fans are. And sometimes it can be frustrating for fans, but like, you know, and when you live it on the other side, like I can remember friends of mine at Notre Dame when we had a couple of bad games and a couple of plays went wrong. I had like close friends of mine who had to call campus security because they had received enough credible death threats to have to warrant extra care and extra precaution just walking around campus after the game. Like that wasn't something that was just a headline on dot com. That was their life. And having to see that up close and the effect it has on someone who then is supposed to wake up and in the case of college kid trying go to class or yeah, do any number of yeah. normal things on a college campus that are already <laughs> abnormal for you in that case when you don't have that frame of reference that often fans don't that's why i think storytelling around the sport is so important because it does remind you what these guys are you get this kind of barrier and you get this kind of hate speech that gets thrown yeah like i said it's easy to type easy to hit send and then it's not just a fan to athlete I hadn't realized, is it increasing the fighting going on in the stands? I mean, the absolute tragedy in New England with that gentleman being killed, you know, a couple, uh, two punches to the head and then his head hit the ground and, and that was it. He was dead. I mean, it's and then after that, they showed that they showed a montage of others yeah. like this year. Is this something I know it's been around a long time. It's not like I'm naive and doesn't know it doesn't happen, but is it happening even more now? We obviously know alcohol is a big part of it, but it just seems like it's happening more. I, I think, I think with a lot of those things, unfortunately, I don't know if fan behavior has changed all that much. Maybe post-pandemic, people have had a different time. But now we have a phone that can obviously. Yeah, I can yeah, say, I think we yeah. see more of it. It's more covered, and uh, unfortunately, that's the oh. case. And so, man, just a reminder, heading into a, another weekend of sports, we get so excited about this. Get excited in the right way. Like yeah. It doesn't need to cause harm to you or anyone else physically or emotionally or otherwise. We can all be cool about this. This is a fun time of year. We spend all offseason look forward to getting back to these moments and getting back to these Saturdays. And for a team like Colorado, we're excited about another one coming up this weekend. We get to do it all again where now we have their next real test of going yeah. up a weight class and competition. Don't be weirdos about this. Leave the physical play on the field. That's where it belongs. Yeah, I mean, don't don't hurt each other. Don't say terrible things to each other online. Let's all be cool about this. Take a deep breath. We'll be back to discuss a little bit of movement with Damian Lillard next on Gojo and Gola. The 82-game preseason is in the books, and it's finally time for the real season. Don't miss out on any of the NBA playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. From the play-in tournament all the way through the finals, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. So whether you're bought in on heat culture at this point or think the Boston Celtics can survive a bump in the road, we got options for you. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code GOJO. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code GOJO only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Finishing off uh, our first hour with our dear friend Charlotte Wilder here on a Wilder Wednesday. And before we get to, because as you know, you can check out Charlotte Wilder and Amin El Hassan on Oddball, great daily NBA podcast, wherever you get your podcast, and of course, right here on the DraftKings Network. Uh, before we get to 
some relevant news around Damian Lillard. Dad, we were talking about the now apparently confirmed, according to WIP Sports Talk Radio in Philadelphia by Jason Kelsey, brother of Travis Kelsey, that him and Taylor Swift, he believes, are 100% an item and that he hopes it's going well. It prompted a discussion about power couples. And now, Dad, you have put together a list or found a list yes. of power couples that you want to see where they fall in. I want to go around this list, keep it orderly. Each time, Jesse will start with you, then to Charlotte, then to Mike. Quick answers because I got about six couples here. Are they more popular or bigger power couples than Travis and uh, Taylor Swift? David and Victoria Beckham. Jesse. Yes. Ooh, Charlotte. Wow. No. I'll go no. No? Okay. Let's go to, you can expound upon it a little more if you want. All right, oh, well, okay. you, gave, you said you quick said answer. Quick, yeah. quick answer. answer. I, didn't, I didn't say one word answer. I, I said mean, quicker answer. Yes, because David answer. Beckham was bigger, in my opinion, in the world than Travis Kelsey is. And yes. Posh Spice was part of the most infamous girl group of all time. So their equal yeah. power is just. I agree. I agree. And they've been together a long time. Yeah. Uh, younger, oh, so you're giving, you're, giving a, you're giving points for length. Well, so I, I mean, win that one is what yeah. you're saying. Yes, okay. yes. Jesse, Justin and Haley Bieber. No, they are not. She was not anybody before they got married. Okay. Yeah, I'll also go no on this one, too. Um, although, I mean, like, again, a pop star of, at his height, very close to the same. But right. I think at this point, Taylor Swift has overtaken that. Okay. Again, she gets points for longevity there. All right. Well. Yeah, I'm I'm out on this okay. one. I think they're I think they're hanging on to they're they're trying to make fetch happen over and over again, as it were. Uh, okay. All right. Jesse, Rihanna and ASAP Rocky. No. Rihanna is her she is a monolith. She is incredible, but I ASAP Rocky is a supporting character. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I I mean, I don't know, ASAP Rocky kind of in Travis Kelsey kind of like feel like in the same vein when it comes to this. So I might put these two on. E this honestly feels like a decent comp here as far as what it could be, because we've also seen ASAP Rocky, who's been successful in his own right, but very supportive of Rihanna. He's always done right. We've seen it reflected in a lot of the things they've done publicly together. Even I think at the Super Bowl when she was doing the halftime show, he had like the iPad out like a supportive dad yeah, videotaping yeah. it from the field. And so I feel like that can be Travis's life. If you're looking for a model, I think this one is it. Rihanna also someone who stares eye to eye with Taylor Swift as far as a massive icon in the world of pop culture and other Charlotte? Things. Yeah, talk about a wife guy, ASAP Rocky is really, <laughs> he he is he's got that down, which I appreciate. Um but I, I do think it's a I think it's a similar comp, but I do think that Travis is a little more current in his own um I feel like ASAP isn't right he I feel like in I feel like there was a time where he he commanded a lot of um, pop culture attention, but I feel like he's sort of done that a little bit less. And I think and Travis is still. It would be like if Travis were retired from football and, and right. you know yeah. an analyst okay. or something now. Like us, all right, yeah. I'll, I'll go. I'll go two more. Jesse, Chrissy Teigen, John Legend. No, not as big. Taylor Swift is so much bigger than both of them that she just overpowers them completely. Okay. I'll say no right now, and especially off the strength. And I think the one thing I want to factor in for Travis is now that the podcast has done so well, like they chart on the non-sports charts. Like they have kind of broken contain, and especially after last year's Super Bowl, I think we're going to see their star kind of exist in a different place in the world of sports for them. So I will go – I will give them the card there. Yeah, no. I They – there was a whole, they did a whole vow renewal in Lake Como recently. And it, I don't know, there's, there's a lot of, I've cringe. I have a lot of thoughts about I, I, Chrissy. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm going to, I'm going to move past Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez and go to well, my last one. Wait, why? I know that. Oh my God. So, so do, do you go with that one? I mean, that's the second time around a second stinter. But they weren't hey. married the first time. I feel that. like this one, this is sort of like the more, um, the funnier Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift pairing, but maybe on par, maybe on par, All right. to be honest. Last one I'll go with, Jesse. Blake Lively, Ryan Reynolds. Ooh. Best looking couple, right? 
I want to yeah. say yes, they might be more of a power couple because they're both so famous. And like we've said, Travis Kelsey, we're also in sports. So we have to yeah. keep in mind that Travis right. Kelsey means a lot more to us than it's going to mean right. to everybody else hearing. Right. There's people who are Googling Travis Kelsey to figure out who Taylor Swift is dating. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, that's yeah, true. I would, I would agree. Blake, Li- Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds are the goal. That's, that's it, right? That's the, they, they exist yep. at the mountaintop here, at least in my world, Charlotte. I don't know. I'm not – I maybe I'm just letting how I feel about people influence whether I think they're bigger or not. Um, you're probably right. You're probably right. Because most people who know Taylor Swift know – Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds because they're all yes. best friends. Yeah, so. I was going to say, which, yeah. I mean, man, what a what a best friend group there. Yeah, uh, that, Blake, uh, Blake Lively did a phenomenal job directing the "I Bet You Think About Me" music video. It's all just incredible stuff there. So, all right, it's, it's, sure. this is kind of a good litmus yeah, test yeah. as we get to see them released into the wild. Now we know that we've heard it confirmed verbally. The next step is the first time we see them photographed in public by paparazzi somewhere. I, I didn't wait. Bring- it's going to be in New York. It's going to be in New York. They're going to yeah. be leaving like, you know, some restaurant that is, a, they're going to be leaving like the, the fancier version of whatever Soho House is these days um, or Electric Lady Studios. Maybe Travis is going to like I could see him making an appearance on a song. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't bring up the one of the latest because I really don't care about it. But Kim Kardashian and Odell Beckham Jr. may be linked Saw those together rumors as the other well. day too. I Wait, like how really? we're also just phrasing stuff as they've been hanging out. Yeah, there. hanging out. That's hanging the term. Out. Hanging I, out. I enjoy that. That's watch who you hang out with because they're going to put you together. Right. I, I, like some people are truly just going to be like hanging out. Yeah. Like they got together yeah. and like smoke weed and watch like <laughs> old episodes of SpongeBob. And now they're going to be like, oh, everyone thinks we're dating. dating. We they have a ton of mutual date. friends, too. Somebody pointed that out. They were like, these two have so, so much overlap in their friend group. They could have literally just been spotted leaving a mutual friend's house. Right. Right. Exactly. I'll just say, I'll just say where there's smoke, there's either fire or a new pope. So we'll see what's happening. Well, there you go. Because we were going with the Shakira and Tom Brady for a while after what's his name's party right um, oh, um uh the white party. what the white party yeah michael yeah. rubin's party. party yeah oh my god where there's smoke there's either <laughs> fire or, or a new pope that's an all depends on the color of the smoke the guy am who i runs, wrong yeah the, the guy there's... who runs the out of context gojo and gola quotes make sure you get <laughs> that one up on yeah. a poster because uh charlotte wilder was in the kitchen cooking that's with a good that one, one. Um, by the way, Charlotte, quick one-minute headline here. This is all I need from you, a one-minute response. According yeah. to Mark J. Spears of ESPN on NBA Today, a mystery Eastern Conference team has reportedly emerged in the pursuit of Damian Lillard. We know it's all long thought to been a done deal with the Miami Heat. Do you have any idea who this mystery team might be, and do you think this prompts anything different to happen? Well, Spears, on his appearance on NBA Today, I believe he, he mentioned, he said, would the Celtics do it, which to me is either a red herring or – uh, you know, trying to trick us into thinking it couldn't be them because he said it. My, I feel like it would be either the Sixers or the Celtic, uh, the Celtics or the Sixers. Um, the Sixers would be fascinating if the James Hart, if the two biggest dramas of the offseason, where is Dame going to go and what the heck is going on with James Harden in Philadelphia? Collision course would would be would be very very um, exciting for everybody involved. Uh, I don't know if I believe it. I don't know if he would ever end up anywhere other than Miami. Um, and I have a hard time thinking he will stay on the Blazers. But I am this. I'm as interested in this drama as the Taylor Swift Travis Kelsey stuff. So I, it's a lot today. Would be interesting if he went to the 76ers in that drama. But at least you might get someone that might consistently play well in the playoffs. That is true. <laughs> And I mean, Portland would get what they've always wanted, which yeah. is a star that keeps them just relevant enough without having to necessarily deal with a deep playoff run. This is one of those that people post on Twitter and say, who says no? Yeah. James Harden for Dame Lillard, straight up. Uh, Charlotte Wilder, we always say yes. Our premier wife guy, thank you so much, friend. We really appreciate you. Oh, always a pleasure, guys. Coming up next, Andrew Whitworth slides on in next. Next. 